With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to The Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the house. <laughs> Cerritos, California. Not in the studio this week. But I got my main man, Greg Biggins. GB, how you feeling this Tuesday? I feel good. Feeling okay? I'm feeling okay. I kind of like to drive to Cerritos. It's not bad for I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to be honest. 15 minutes versus an hour and a half <laughs> is a better. It's better for me. Yeah, no question about it, man. So we got a lot going on uh, in terms of recruiting. I know we got some new offers out there. Uh, we kind of want to wrap up signing day of last week. So, GB, go ahead and get us started. Yeah, let's wrap up some of the bigger announcements that took place on Sunday. They kind of previewed USC and what they could do. They had five guys that they you know, were finalists for, and they went four for five, which they always seem to close unbelievably. I think last year they went like five for five. So this year uh, they were finalists for both the two elite corners, Elijah Griffin, Isaac Taylor Stewart, landed both of them. Uh, not too much suspense with Taylor Stewart. Uh, Elijah Griffin did give Alabama a serious look. End of the day, he wanted to stay close to home, which is kind of what we expected would happen. Uh, and then Isaac Taylor Stewart, his became kind of a kind of a no-brainer decision. A&M was was in there early. They kind of you know saw the writing on the wall, moved out a little bit. Uh, Alabama as well. So USC able to land both those two guys. Linebacker Solomon Tuliapupu. Another player who we thought was a slam dunk most of the year. Uh, family did take some trips. Notre Dame was involved. UCLA was involved. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Michigan was involved. Oregon was involved. A lot of schools were involved, but Solo was always going to USC. That was uh, that was kind of one of those one of those just guys that we just thought was going to end up being a USC guy. And then one that did have a lot of suspense to it was Devin Williams. He was a back and forth guy between USC and Oregon. I actually missed my, my crystal ball streak. Came yeah, to an end. I saw that. You were hot Came for a while, end. though. I, I was like you 60 for 60 in a row. Yeah, you actually, were. Actually, the first one that, that I actually lost was, was Justin Ross, a kid I've never spoken two words to. But at the Under Armour game, the guy said, hey, you got you got to make some crystal balls on some national guys just for the fun of it. So I picked Justin Ross to Alabama, and I thought I was good. He ended up going to Clemson. So nice job for Clemson getting Justin Ross. My, my streak ended there. Then Devin Williams... I kind of thought he was going to SC, but didn't have the guts to move him off my off my crystal ball. So he went uh, went to USC. Kind of an Oregon lean most of the year. USC didn't really seriously start to recruit him until January. I talked to him at the Under, Under Armour All American game, and he was basically all Oregon at that time. But uh, he's going to USC. So those are the four they hit on, and the one guy they missed on was Michael Ezekiel, who went to UCLA. So that was a big get for UCLA. Uh, they say they see him, according to Michael, as a Jordan Matthews type of receiver who Chip Kelly had it with the Eagles. So big, strong, 6'5", 210, 215-pound kid. 
Uh, so nice pickup for UCLA. Still a great day for USC. I think they finished number four in, uh, in the 24-7 team rankings. Uh, UCLA also was able to land on signing day uh, Tyler Manoa. They did lose Jarrett Patterson to Notre Dame, which is a huge loss. They have a, a huge need at offensive line. That's probably their biggest need outside of quarterback was offensive line. So losing a guy in your backyard, especially to Notre Dame. I could see Michigan, who was involved all year long, but Notre Dame didn't even offer the kid until mid-January. Took a late visit and just fell in love with the place. And then had a home visit with Chip Kelly. Uh, went really well. The next night, Brian Kelly came in with four other coaches. Ended up waiting until signing day. The night before, he kind of tipped me off that he was going to be going to Notre Dame. And then I went ahead and signed with the Irish on signing day. So, Jarrett Patterson heading east. Heading east. Is that what you call it? Yeah, South Bend is kind of east-ish. Oh, absolutely. So, big pickup there for sure. Uh, Jordan Porter chose ASU. Andre Hunt was Nebraska. ASU also hit on Jermaine Lole, Darian Butler, and Ashari Crosswell. Antonio Pierce did some work. Yeah, he did. AP, you got to try to get, gonna get AP on, to the come, show. To, on the show for sure. Absolutely. Ask them to come on this show, but he has to get by compliance first. Sure. And compliance is kind of taking a little, little signing day break right now. So, But AP will come on. He came in and did some serious work. Merlin Robertson, did I already mention Merlin? No, you did. Merlin also signing day decision, ASU. So AP came in there, and Merlin Robertson, Ashari Crosswell, Jermaine Lole, and Darian Butler landed all those guys. It was kind of funny. Uh, Jermaine Lola got a late offer from Tennessee and was trying to, you know, tell me, oh, yeah, I'm, him, I'm going to give him a serious look. Right, I might right. even delay signing. He already right. had his video done with the Shari Crosswell. So I was like, right. I'm not going to say anything, but I was, you know, I know the video was already made. Um, and then uh, one other guy who was a signing day decision, Tanner McKee, chose Stanford. He had all, you know, all the choices in the world he wanted, but chose Stanford. He's going to be a two-year mission guy, as we talked about multiple times already. So in, in 2020, Tanner McKee will be coming back, and he'll be playing with the Cardinal. Also, Solomon Enos spurned his dad's alma mater, the great Curtis Enos in Penn State, to sign with Utah. And then Brock Purdy chose Iowa State. So that was kind of an interesting recruitment. Brock's recruitment just really picked up over the last month and a half. And that was kind of one of the benefits, I think, for the players having that early signing period. I feel like all these guys who at one point were, I don't want to call them mid-level players. We'll just say they were recruited. They were being recruited as a mid-level prospect. Their offers doubled sure, and got significantly better because all of a sudden all these spots were available and you saw these big-name schools kind of starting to come after uh, some of these guys that were you know, not really hearing from anybody. I mean, Purdy didn't have an offer. Sure. He had a preferred walk-on offer from Bama. He went from that to having offers from, shoot, Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots, and, <laughs> and the LA Rams. It was crazy how yeah. all those guys just had their recruitment pick up significantly. Yeah, what stands out to me the most, Greg, is first, SC's clothes, mm-hmm. how they finished. Uh, like, you, you've been doing this. I've been doing this six months. You've been doing this for feels like 60 years, but like you said, 20 years. Uh, I mean, they close like like no other. Uh, I don't know a school across the country that closes like they do kind of late in signing day because we're on the West Coast, and they, they're they going to get their four- and five-star players at the finish line. And the emergence of Arizona State uh, late in signing day, three or four four-star prospects led by Shari Croswell, uh, Merlin Robertson. I think it was a big-time finish by them. UCLA not getting Jared Patterson in the backyard. I know it has to sting a little bit uh, with the Chip Kelly staff, but they did a great job recruiting skill position guys. 
But yeah, USC's close in Arizona State's emergence led by Antonio Pierce here in Southern California. That's what stands out to me for signing day. Yeah, it, it almost seems like the joke used to be with Florida State back in the Bobby Bowden days was people used to, used to always say, man, they close like crazy. Well, what they were doing back then was Bowden would tell these guys, hey, wait to announce for us till signing day. So they basically had like 10 guys that were silent commitments. Yeah. And they would all wait. And people would be like, oh, my, what a great signing day splash. But yeah. these are all got I, I almost kind of think, you know, USC always seems to sign, like, all these four or five big-time guys. Yeah. You almost wonder, shoot, is USC probably telling, hey, just wait till signing day. So but we I, get that big signing day splash. I, yeah, I, well, I like the <laughs> method because I think what it does, guys like Devin Williams who were on the fence – Guys like Isaac Taylor Stewart, who may be on the fence a little bit. I think it brings a lot of momentum to signing day, yeah. a lot of energy, and it urges guys to jump on board. Yeah. No, and I think Devin was sincerely on the fence. I think those other guys kind of knew what they were going to do. And I think ASU also. You know, I, I mean, Lole, Robertson, Crosswell, Darian Butler. I mean, they all kind of knew yeah. they are going to ASU. And I, I, think, I think they were kind of just told, hey, you know, hold off. Let's get this big signing day splash. Sure. Because, I mean, people are talking about ASU. Absolutely. If Butler commits on January 30th and Lole commits on January 28th and Crosswell commits on January 24th. Not the same buzz. It's just not the same. So yeah, sure. All of a sudden, you see Jordan Porter. You know, he announces on the Fox show, ASU, really nice kid. Um, got to spend some time with him in the Fox studio. So he's ASU. And you, you saw the two poly kids, Merlin Robertson. Sure. Darian, that's five guys. Absolutely. You know, all just jumping in and signing. So that was kind of a cool, cool to see for ASU and for Herm Edwards and for uh, for a guy Antonio Pierce. Speaking of the Fox Sports West show, man, I thought you did an outstanding job. <laughs> I was really, really happy and proud that. of you. No, really, I was tiring. No, great. Hey, listen, they grinded you, man. Oh man, that was hey, rough. You gotta, be, you gotta be in condition, just like running a marathon. No question. I mean, we do this, yeah. but it's, it's back and forth. Yeah, you know, and it's, you didn't get much of a break. No, it was just kind of like. And the hardest part is you're saying the same thing about every kid. <laughs> you are. You're trying to say something different. But you see a screen of 10 running backs. Yeah. They're all going to have, you know. Speed, power. Speed, power, <laughs> balance. Right. You're just trying to think of every adjective you can possibly think of. <laughs> Show me somebody new. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it, man. Uh, no, but yeah, I, was, I was very excited. I sat and watched the entire thing. You're the and, one. Um, yeah, I'm that one you're guy. The one. I, my mom watched from, it, too. My, oh, mom, really? my, my okay. mom might have watched She's supportive. Okay, Jenny? Uh, she watched half of it and they okay. had to go do something. I got you. So, yeah, my, no. kid, my kid had a soccer game. So, but yeah, listen, I watched the entire priority. thing and uh, it, was, it was, I was happy for you. I was happy for you, but I yeah. know it was a grind. I, I saw <laughs> it. Jeez, like, Greg is about to die in there. <laughs> One question though, how tall was the guy? Oh, so Kevin Barnett, yeah, he, I was going to, so he's a 6'7 former national team volleyball player. Jeez. So, yeah, no, so we used to do that show back, I think, three years ago. We do like, a, we did a pre, when Fox used to do the game of the week. Yeah. We would do a post game show in the studio. Right. And I'd have like a, a box I would stand on. That gave me like five inches. Yeah, but dude, he's a he's a six seven guy who could just bang as a volleyball player. So <laughs> no, it's you know, I'm real. Five ten, and he's six seven. That's why I'm like when I saw us with the chairs, I was like, really? Yeah, they need to give you a you booster. Know me, I'm, I'm antsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like to sit. You should have stood. They didn't, they didn't want that. Yeah, they just said hey, sit. See, that's so, why the transparent truth is better, baby. We just gotta if do If you want to stand, you do can. what you want, man. Yeah, I'd prefer to have a desk. Yeah, sure. With a little box I could stand on. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more comfortable standing. I mean, right now we're sitting, but I'm comfortable sitting. But yeah, it was uh, two yep. hours of sitting. Plus, we had a you know, half hour before we even started the show of rehearsal. Right. So we, that, that whole first two segments, yeah. we rehearsed that. Okay. So basically, I did the whole show 
you know, one and a half times. That's, so it was, it was my, my voice was definitely going from that half hour rehearsal plus the two hour show. And plus you got this six, seven guy sitting next to you. He looked like David and Goliath. Yeah, I wanted dude. to go to my front yard, give you a stone to throw at that guy. I'm telling you, man, I, I walk, I go, where's my box? I go, I need my box. I had, dude, I had a box that gave me six inches and what guy doesn't want that? I was not going to yeah. go there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate the, uh, yeah. the positivity. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. So well, we appreciate GB, Greg Big is the GOAT, giving us the latest and greatest in terms of recruiting out here in Southern California and beyond. Right now, GB, we got to get to our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Our Sleeper of the Week, brought to you by Sit and Sleep. We're going to go out to Dos Pueblos High School, Greg, near the Santa Barbara area in Goleta. Is that how you spell it? It is. Say it? Yep. Goleta, yep. Yep. California. Six foot five, 325 pounds, Angel Flores, an offensive guard slash tackle. Huge. Good feet. Huge. 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 Aggressive hands. <laughs> Violent on contact. I really like this kid. Major Division One prospect. I can't wait to see him out at camps, combines, and so forth this offseason. I think his stock is really going to store. Really going to soar. So, Angel Flores, Dos Pueblos High School up near the Santa Barbara area in Goleta, California. Our transparent, true, sit and sleep, sleeper of the week. Congratulations. Moving right along. GB, it's the offseason. In the offseason, we get a chance to attend seven-on-seven games, camps, and tournaments. I got a chance to attend one this past weekend. Oh, you want to oh, talk about new offers first and then jump over Are to Are we going to talk new offers? Let's talk new offers. Okay, let's I'm do sure that. we're going to want to go. You probably don't want to go long yeah, on no. the seven-on-seven. Yeah, no. Um, and we'll be quick with the new offers because it is the offseason like you mentioned. Yeah. But uh, recruiting never stops. No. There's still offers flying. How about Jaden Daniels getting Alabama a couple nights ago with – Comes on the heels of getting USC. Sure. This guy's red hot right now. Yeah, he is. Red hot. And uh, I'm excited for him. Sure. I think it's awesome. He deserved it. Uh, Cameron Fabi Kalanen is hot. Washington, Washington State, ASU. Uh, Gabe Floyd is going to visit Texas this weekend. Uh, they recently offered. Texas has a junior day. Uh, Auburn also recently offered. He wants to get out to uh, Auburn. And then Oregon and UCLA are heavily involved with the Gabriel Flo, who's now at Westlake. I should mention that because guys are transferring all over the place. Yeah. Sean Dollars, now at Modern Day. Uh, Florida, Florida State, Ole Miss are just a couple of his most recent offers. How about finally Tariq Luckett? We've been really? saying, we've been saying, you know, no, no, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with Nevada. I think he had San Jose State. Yeah. Uh, great schools. But we're going, where's the Pac-12? Finally, ASU and Oregon yeah. came in back-to-back days. So I think his stock's going to really fly. Uh, Micah Pittman, recently offered by LSU. 
Uh, Kansas, Indiana, and the Ohio State all offered him. As you, everyone knows, Michael Pittman is the younger brother of Michael Pittman, who's at USC. Uh, I don't think USC is an option right now for Micah. They're probably not in his top five. I think he wants to go in a different direction. Probably UCLA and Ohio State are probably the top two schools for Micah Pittman, who I'm sure you saw uh, was great at the tournament this past week. I talked to uh, Bryce Young's father, Craig Young. And he said he thought Micah deserved MVP. I think they gave it to Bryce. He always gave it to the quarterback. But he said yeah. Micah probably was their MVP. He was phenomenal all tournament long. How about Jackson Turner from Murrieta Valley? Kind of a new name, but uh, his stock's really going up. A defensive back, 2019 kid I like a lot. Utah, Boise State, Cal, and Nevada have all offered him in the last couple of weeks. Our guy Chris Adamora from Mayfair. Sure. Stock. Flying already had the local schools, but now he's getting the national schools. Texas yep. was his most recent offer. Arizona, Oregon State, Nebraska, Colorado, Utah, and ASU all since February 1st. Texas A&M is all over the West Coast right oh, now. Oh, wow. They're heavy right Texas now. Texas A&M is doing the whole Ole Miss thing, and LSU and the Florida thing, just offering a lot of, lot of guys. Sure. Uh, Chris Steele, who we'll have an uh, interview with for the Friday show. Absolutely. Looking forward to talking to Chris. Uh, he visited A&M. And they offered him on his visit. Uh, Mananoa Tufona, uh, big-time linebacker from Hawaii, offered by AM. Henry Toto de la Salle, offered by AM. Trent McDuffie, offered by AM. Plus Duke, Stanford, Pitt, and Nebraska. Trent McDuffie's stock is obviously going through the roof. And a couple more here. Uh, 2021 quarterback Chayden Peary, uh, offered by San Jose State. So that's, uh, that's a good one for him. And then a little transfer note. Uh, Calvary Chapel quarterback, 2021, Cole Boop. Had a big-time freshman season last sure. year. He's now at Upland High School. So that's right. look for Upland to... Uh, obviously, they're going to miss some of those guys. Um, but they have some guys coming back, yeah. for sure. So Upland's going to still be a, a force. The kid, Jackson Turner, wasn't he at Rancho Verde? What did I say? You said he's at Marietta Valley. Oh, my bad. Rancho Verde. Oh, he is. A, he's still Rancho there. Verde. Okay. Yeah. I thought he transferred. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, has not transferred. Okay. Um, there is talk about a coach moving from one school to another, but that's another show. So he is definitely still at Rancho Verde. I apologize. No, Jackson Turner. Great job calling that one out. Yeah, that no. Been, that would have been bad. Yeah, okay. Jackson Turner, Rancho Verde, stud, DB. Really good looking player. Yeah, no question about it. He's a big time player. I like Rancho it. Verde. <laughs> Red kid is has at not Rancho transferred. Verde. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, the transfers are running wild. Oh, I saw an gosh. article in the LA Times uh, written by our guy, Sandy. Yeah. 11 quarterbacks so oh, far have transferred in the offseason. Yeah. And it's, and it's going to be more. Because yeah. Oh, once, of course. You know, because I'm seeing, so we know Blaze McKibben is at Westlake, but another sure. Siderman transferred from Oaks to Westlake. So one of those guys is going to transfer, right? Whoever doesn't win the job. No question. You don't transfer to be a backup. No. So there's going to be more as we start doing fall camp and yeah. all of a sudden you're not winning the job. Actually, probably spring practice is when kids will start to realize, you know, I'm not going to start here. Yeah. I'm out of here. Right. Gonzo. Yeah, a lot going on in terms of uh, transferring, man. It's uh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and I don't know if it's going to stop anytime soon, Greg. I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a big proponent of it. I kind of wish guys would stay local and stay home, but, you know, it's not my world. I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut. <laughs> so moving right along, we want to talk a little seven-on-seven, a little off-season action. Uh, got a chance to go to the king of the IE tournament. Got there a little late. Had to take my son to his basketball game and coach him. We won, of course. That's neither here nor there. So I take it down to the 91 freeway, Greg. I get out in the IE, and uh, I walk up. First person I meet there is is Clark Phillips and his dad. Let me tell you how outstanding kid Clark Phillips is. Uh, Very, very mannerable, gentleman-like. Kid got on the football field. He's the first kid I saw on the field that day. Was phenomenal. 
very aggressive, terrific quickness, speed. Everything that I saw on tape previously was evident live at this 7-on-7. Really good football player. Will be a national recruit. Bigger than I thought. Bigger than I thought. Bigger or taller? Taller. Okay. Taller than I thought. He's always been pretty well chiseled. Taller than I thought. What would you give him? 5'9"? Close to 5'10". Okay. Close to 5'10". That'll work. Yeah. No. uh, But extremely aggressive. Yeah. Very competitive. Very. Like, like, you know, uber competitive. Uh, And he made life very difficult for receivers on the outside to even run a route. So uh, it was great to see him. Moving on to the main field, uh, there were a lot of extracurriculars being talked about, extracurriculars <laughs> going on. I don't really want to even get, get into that. Yes, I'm more or less do. no, yes, I you don't. do. Come I on, do. I more or less want to get into <laughs> morals and values. Morals and values. I would like to just see people do things right. Okay. I would like to see leaders lead the right way. Uh, I would like to see the players follow the leaders that are leading the right way. And um, it was a little bit of a shame what happened. Fight went on. A lot of drama going on. Parents walking on the field, off the field. Uh, it, was, it was craziness. It was craziness. And uh, I got out of there a little early. Had my son with me. Yeah. And uh, I got out of there a little early. Didn't get a chance to see much other than Clark Phillips. <laughs> Games were supposed to be played. They weren't played. Then times were scheduled. Games weren't being played at that schedule. So it was a big... It was a big issue, and so uh, we got up out of there. But, again, saw the video. Um, people are out of control. Players are out of control. Parents are out of control. It's just a hot mess, and uh, we really need to check ourselves. We need, really need to look in the mirror and check ourselves and um, hold each other accountable because this is not the way you want to conduct yourself um, ever, publicly, privately, in the church, outside the church. It doesn't matter. Um, so, Hopefully we can get that together on the seven-on-seven circuit because if not, there's going to be a problem going forward, a real big problem, and uh, it's not going to be people aren't going to be happy, and it's not going to be fun. So, regardless of that, Bryce Young threw the ball really well. Yeah, saw him uh, on tape. Of course, we know his cricket release is awesome. His accuracy and ball placement are special. Micah Pittman, terrific route runner, terrific quickness in and out of breaks, great hands. He made a lot of plays. Other than that, though, I didn't really see much, Greg. I yeah, saw the yeah. tape. It was kind of the Pittman. That, that's kind of sad, though. I mean, just because I want to, I want to go back on this, and hopefully, I, I can speak on it. I'm not in the community, but yeah. I feel like I've been doing this long enough time to be able to to, to, to speak on that. You can't even take your son, yeah, to a seven-on-seven tournament on a Saturday afternoon, yeah, because it's embarrassing what's going on. And I've seen it for 20 plus years. I mean, we were I was an event guy for sure. for 15 of those years. I was did you know events and. I've said this so many times, parents ruin more events than anything else, and they make it about them. And I always said, if I did a seven-on-seven tournament, parents would not be around the field. They would not be allowed to be on the field. And they would, and we used to have, we used to do that. At our events, we would kick parents off the field. Sure. And they would say, they would complain and say, hey, and we just, one question, this is about you or your kid? Well, it's about the kid, but, but, but no, if it's about your kid, then you're out of here. Right. And that while well, I'm standing right here, I'm not in the way. No, the problem isn't you, but there's going to be 10 of you pretty soon. Sure. And we don't want 10 people right next to the field. You're a safety hazard. And this is not even talking just being verbally abrasive and, and loud abusive. and obnoxious, abusive. These are just sure. We just didn't want anyone near the – nothing can go right, right having a parent. 
near the field. Now you you add some adrenaline, and you add some some you know. Let's be honest. You know our our Facebook page that we'd like to to visit adds a ton of fuel, right? A ton no of question. animosity. Absolutely. There is some. I don't want to call it hatred, but there is some dislike, some strong dislike this by certain groups. Sure. And it just kind of boils over to a point where now kids are involved. And I thought I wanted you to repeat it because I thought it was definitely worth repeating. Everyone, parent, handler, coach, would tell these kids the proper way to behave. Sure. But by your actions, you're preaching a completely different message. Absolutely. And if your actions are not the same as your words, what are kids going to listen to? Your actions, of course. As a father, it's always about your actions. Sure. I could tell my kid, don't cuss. But if I'm dropping F-bombs every other day, He's going to go to school and think it's okay to drop an F-bomb. Sure. If you're telling your kid, hey, you know, be cool, be calm, blah, 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 but you're on the field, I mean, as a parent, you're on the field. See, if I'm a tournament director, if I saw one parent on the field, he'd be out of there. He'd be, he'd be gone. You're in the parking lot, done. And if they didn't leave, okay, your, your team, whatever, what, what team you play for, Joe Schmo, okay, Joe Schmo, you, you forfeit this game. So now you turn it on the parent and the coach to get rid of the parents. Sure. And then also, let's be real, you got to get rid of the, some of these coaches slash handlers that, aren't, that don't need to be there. No question. When we did the tournaments, we said, okay, you have a head coach, an OC, and a DC. That's it. Everybody else, you're off the field. Yeah. Parents, you're off the field. Everyone else, you're off the field. We didn't allow trash talk. Yeah. We, dude, if you want to celebrate, dude, go crazy. But if you turn around and start taunting, 15-yard penalty. People would say, you know, that was boring. You take the fun away. No. We, we didn't have a single fight. We didn't have a single altercation. We had nothing at any of our events because of those little rules. And we do celebrate. We want you to celebrate and have fun, but you don't need to turn around and point the ball and do something stupid and get in the guy's face. Just nothing good ever comes out of that. Yeah. If you want, after the game's over, if you want to say, hey, I got you, whatever. But during the game, man, just play football because I thought you had some strong words and I agreed with everything you said. I think it goes deeper than, you know, it's not just about football. This is about setting, being a role model for life. No question about it. No question about it. Everything you just described on how you guys ran things when you were involved in events, <clears throat> it was the exact opposite. There were more parents on the field than I could count. There were more guys on the field that I had never seen before that looked like they were up to no good just on the field. <laughs> It was funny how I looked at the comments after that and spoke to people. Oh, this is normal. This is how we do. This is normal. This is not normal. We've normalized ignorance and shenanigans. We've normalized it as if this is something that should go on every single day. It bothers me. It bothers me to my core because it filters down to these kids. If you don't believe me, go look in the newspaper and read the headlines as of late. It's going to filter down, and whether you like it or not, these kids are watching. I even spoke to one of the kids who played on one of the top teams, and he spoke to me. I'm not going to mention his name. He said, man, our coach, he's crazy. That was really, really sad to hear because at that point, you und I understood that the kid realized that this was a huge problem and he knew he didn't want to be a part of it, but had really had no choice. Mm -hmm. 
So now you've taken the choice out of the coaches, out of the kids' hands. The parents have condoned this behavior. They're supportive of the wild, crazy behavior. And it's just a, it's just a mess, man. It is yeah. just a mess. And I was so disappointed in so many people. And of course, everybody's going to pass the buck. Everybody's going to point the finger at the other person. Everybody's going to blame someone else. Advice. Look yourself in the mirror and hold yourself accountable into a higher standard. We have got to do better. That's all I really got to say, GB. Yeah, no, I agree. And here's the thing. I put myself in the kid's position. Because this is what happens. There's there's going to be a brawl with the kids. There wasn't this time, but it easily could have escalated to another kids are brawling. Sure. So if you don't start swinging on a kid, then in your teammates' eyes, you're a punk. A punk. You, you sell out. Yeah. You're the P word. Yeah. You're, you're all this. Yeah. If you do go in and engage and you hit a kid and say you, you know, break a guy's nose, a jaw, and get caught on camera, you could easily be suspended. You could have scholarships pulled. Now sure. you have the reputation of being all those other things. You're now you're Absolutely. a thug. You're yeah. this. You're this, this, this. And so it puts the kid in a really tough position. Absolutely. And it's like you said, like it's a no win situation for him. And it's complete because the kid wants to go play football. Sure. But now he has to go, and this environment is just not healthy at all. He's looking, he's seeing these adults yep. who are, he's supposed to be looking up to acting. Insane. Insane. Acting crazy. Crazy. And so he's looking at that and going, if I don't act like that, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not a man. Or I might not be a part yeah, of this team. Yeah. Because I guarantee the people walked away from that and they are going to be bragging about, yeah, dude, did you see so-and-so? And they're they're going to think that was that was lit. That was great. That yeah, was this, this, this. It was this. great. It was just competition. They're going to be glorifying <clears throat> bad behavior. Yes. And it's only going to keep getting worse. It's a gateway. It's like if you smoke a cigarette, you're going to smoke pot. You smoke. It, I'm, I'm going a little different extreme. Absolutely. No, you're right though. But like it's <clears throat> that is a gateway for bad behavior. I've seen it for 20 plus years. Of course. <clears throat> no one starts out doing something over here like, as baby steps. Yeah. And like you said off air, man, we're they're going to be going to college and making some horrible choices because they were never taught the right way when they were in high school or middle school or elementary school. This is true. Sad. I shared with you, <clears throat> watched a documentary with my wife the other day. My wife's a psychologist, if you don't know. Watched a documentary about AAU basketball, and one of the gentlemen on there, he made a statement. He said, the best thing a AAU coach could ever find is a talented kid with a single-parent mom, single female in the house. Because at that point, they can do whatever they want. I don't know if that's the case for every kid. I don't believe it to be. I know a lot of good kids out there with two-parent homes. But my point is, we are we are responsible for helping to groom and mold these young gentlemen into adult men. You do not do that by cussing, fighting, Talking crazy and acting crazy need to be held back and restrained. You look like you need to be in jail because people who do those things and need to be restrained, they need to be in jail. You can't control yourself like a human. It's seven on seven football. It's not that serious, right? It's seven on seven Come football. Come on now. 
No, dude, like for me, again, I've always viewed, you know, as a believer, I've always viewed whatever your job is, it's a ministry. So I've always tried to talk to kids, parents, single, doesn't matter where you're from. You know, if you're from Compton or if you're from Orange County, where I'm from, I've always tried to take an interest in kids and, and uh, man, and these are good. And we know these, a lot of the people involved that are actually, sure. and we like them, right? They're sure. friends of ours. And, right. But just kind of like, man, just kind of like, dude, take accountability a little bit. Look yeah. yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I got to do better. Yeah. I, 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 shoot, may, I may lose some street cred by not yelling and getting in the middle of this, but you know what? I'm going to pull people away. I'm going to go shake a hand. I'm going to go hug this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I'm, I'm sure I'm sounding corny, but it doesn't no, matter to not. me. You're not. Just, you're not. You it's, sound it's like seven on seven football. You sound like you have common sense. <laughs> and that's one thing we did not operate with at this tournament. Greg, I was promised by the, the owner, by the guy who runs the event. They're not going to be parents on the field. I was promised. I was told this. They're not going to be parents on the field. I said, oh, great, because I hate that. When I got there, parents everywhere yeah everywhere couldn't take a step without a parent next to me and i love a lot of the parents love to talk to them i'd rather talk to them when they're in the stands and i can kind of walk up and choose the ones i want to talk to not be pulled by the side you know my son he's ready to go after now he's a dad all you do is talk to these people well parents are everywhere there's nothing i can really do about it It it's bothered me we just could not do anything right Greg. not one thing yeah that's about it, man. That's, That's all I it, got. Man. Hey, hopefully this weekend passing down on Sunday will be a little bit better. I think it will. Yeah. Just by some of the comments I was reading on our Sports Unlimited message board. I think people know they were acting a little silly. Some people were saying it was overblown. Maybe it was. I just think it's going to be better. Yeah. It's got be, to be better. And uh, I, I know the guys that put on the tournament this past weekend. Again, they're friends. I like them. It was the first time they put on a tournament. You know, my advice, you can't always do stadiums. That was, that was the easiest way to get rid of parents, to do it in the stadium. So the parents, you can't always do that. If you're trying to get four or five fields, you have to do it on, on a big area. Sure. But, uh, yeah, man, I, you got to get security in there. And you got to do, literally, you put flags up. You surround the field and say, you're 20 yards off the field. You cross this line, you're out of here. You're in the parking lot the rest of the day. Enjoy it. Get security. That's mandatory. There you I go. learned that running a youth tournament this past summer. Or wherever I was. Get you some security. Call my man Adam Plant out in Vegas. He'll get you locked in with some security because um, yeah, it got a little wild, got a little crazy. And uh, it's not really, it's not my cup of tea. I'm just, I'm not about that life, Greg. <laughs> you know, some people are about that life. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, throwing drinks and swinging on people. And I like my life, Greg. I like where I live. I love sure. my family. I like to be home with my kids. I don't want to be in jail. I don't want to be in front of a judge. I do not want to be handcuffed. I'm not about that life. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Uh, makes sense to me. That's about it, man. We're yeah. going to wrap this show up, baby. It's your boy, Coach Keith, your man, GB. Follow us on social media. It's the Transparent Truth, baby. Catch us on Friday, Five Star Friday. We got five-star cornerback Chris Steele from St. John Bosco High School is going to be joining us. We'll see you then. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.